John chapter 6. John chapter 6 and verse 41 is where we're going to begin this morning. If you'll join me there in your copy of God's Word, I hope you brought your Bible and and uh, you're following along in the Scriptures. I hope even that you, if you're able to to do this and, and to write these out, I hope that you're, you're being encouraged to write these passages out and journal them and even take notes of things that stand out to you as you write out these verses each week. I hope that that's an exercise you're taking advantage of and, and benefiting from and, and that, that God is preparing your heart and mind for our time together in our um, a time of study as we come this morning. So as we come together, John chapter 6 and verse 41 is where we'll begin. I'll read through verse 50. And I, and I want you to follow along in your copy of God's Word as I read from mine. Follow along. John 6:41. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate of the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. Now we noted last time in verses 34 through 40 that Jesus had made very clear that he is the bread of life. We see it again in our passage this morning. Jesus Christ is more than food for the body that's temporal. How many of you got enough to eat this week? (laughs) All of us, probably. How many of you had... At one point, at maybe three points, or four or five points, like me, at, uh, at, at three or four or five points in time this week, had too much to eat. And you said, oh my, I can't believe I did that. Right? The Jews were thinking about food for the body. And Jesus says, look, I'm not food for the body. I'm food for the soul. Food for the body is just temporary. Food for the body does sustain for a time, but it's just a short time. Jesus Christ is eternal food for the soul. He made it very clear that those who come and believe, we saw it back in verse 35, those who, those who come and believe are the ones who look and live, we saw in verse 40. All who come to Christ with that, with that believing look, you see, you look to Christ, you come to Christ, Believing in Christ, turning from sin, repenting of sin, and turning to Christ. And all who come to Christ with that believing look on Him have eternal life, says Christ, because He is the bread of life. He's not some measly Thanksgiving meal. Right? Measly in comparison to Christ. You know, none of us probably had a measly Thanksgiving meal. We all had these big flourishing meals that went on and on and on and and I went around and around and around the table at 
uh, my parents' place, and we gathered together on Thursday with with my extended family, and we all went around and around and around several times, and we went and had a little praise time of our own, and we came back and went around the table again, and there was still food left over, and that sustained us for a time, but believe it or not, later that night, I was just a little bit hungry again. And the next day, I ate again and again, right? And you did too. And these people ate of the bread that Jesus miraculously fed the 5,000 plus women and children. And they were satisfied. They, it's very likely that they had more to eat that time than they ever had before because it says they had eaten their fill. And they were thinking about bread for their bodies and thinking about the Israelites and their fathers, their 40 years of manna from the skies. And they were thinking, Maybe Jesus could do that for us permanently. But Jesus says, no, no, no. I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. The food merely sustains you for a time. Immediately as we enter the text at verse 41, we see a problem here. You see it in verse 41? What is it that they're doing? They're grumbling, right? Now, why in the world would they be doing that? It says... It says the Jews grumbled about Him. They grumbled about Jesus because He said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. It's as if they looked at Jesus when He said, I am the bread of life, and they said, wrong answer. And we're flabbergasted. How could they look at Him and say, we don't want to hear that You're the bread of life. We want eternal bread to eat. They're grumbling. Saying about Him, because He said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. Now, we've already seen in the text leading up to this, their discussion with Jesus of the man of their father's age. It's interesting that their fathers also grumbled. (laughs) even though God was gracious to supply their need for 40 years. Can you think about that? I mean, He gave them food from the skies for 40 years, and they did what they did. They grumbled about that. You might say, well, they came by their grumbling, honestly. <laughs> uh, but really, their grumbling and murmuring and complaining is an indicator of their rebellious hearts. And ours, <laughs> our grumbling and our complaining, and our murmuring, you realize that that too is an indicator of our rebelliousness. Do you realize that? We come to this time of year at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is behind us, but I'm here reminding you again, as followers of Christ, we are never done thanking God. And often at times we forget about the goodness of God in our lives and the many blessings that, that abound in our lives, and we begin to murmur and complain. You know who we're complaining against? Do you realize you're complaining against God? You realize that there are times in our lives when we are rebelling against God because we complain. I see that going on here. These people are looking at the life giver, Jesus, the living bread, and they could only complain. Note that their complaint here is is twofold. First, they had a problem with Jesus' claim to be the source of eternal life. Back in verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And this was their complaint. 
Basically, this is essentially their complaint. How could he claim to be the one that gives eternal life? How could he claim to give eternal life? And this first complaint is actually based on their second complaint. The second thing they were grumbling about was this statement of his that he'd come down from heaven. Look at verse 38 again when he says, For I have come down from heaven. And they're going, whoa, hold on a minute. I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And they're saying, wait, wait, wait. How, how could he say he comes down from heaven? Who is he to make himself equal with God? After all, don't we know him? We know him. Why would he say that he comes down from heaven? How could he possibly make himself equal with God? Now, why are they saying this? Well, because they're thinking of Jesus in only human terms. They can only envision Jesus in the human terms they know him in, in the human surroundings they know him from. You can see it in verse 42. Look at verse 42 again where they say, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? They they just couldn't bring themselves to believe, couldn't bring themselves to understand that Jesus could be who he claimed. they just thinking of him in human terms. They couldn't believe that he could really be the one who gives eternal life. We know his father. We know his mother. This is the son of Joseph after all. And their trouble, like we noted last week, is that they had hearts that were darkened and they had understanding that was hardened. You see, they certainly saw his miracles, did they not? They saw his miracles. They partook of the bread themselves. They saw his miracles. They also heard of his miracles. They also thought he was a great man. They were following him around after all, right? They thought of him to be a great man. They, they, something that they wanted from him. They, we better follow him and see where he's going and watch what he does. But they just did not believe him to be God. They could not, since believing him to be God, they'd have to yield to his authority. And they might have a problem with that. We know him after all. We know where he comes from. We know his parents. Believing him to be God would mean they'd have to admit that they had a spiritual need So, they're saying something like, uh, hey, Jesus, uh, we, we like what you're doing with the miracles and all. You know, kind of keep that bread coming. But you, God, really? Now, it seems strange that they, they could acknowledge his miracles and not his deity. But I want you to note that their disbelief is an example of the fact that not everyone will believe. It seems strange to us. How could they see his miracles and say, you know, that's something. We wanted you to keep doing those things that we couldn't possibly do ourselves and not believe in his deity. Their disbelief is a, a glaring illustration, an example of the fact that not everyone will believe. Those who have not been given to the Son by the Father will not come to Christ. They will not believe. Jesus states it in the positive in verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me. All the Father gives me will come to me. 
stated in the negative, those whom the Father has not given the Son will not believe. This is why Jesus goes on to rebuke their grumbling and then in verse 44 says that only those whom the Father draws can believe in the Son. Verse 44, look at it. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. So think about this. They can see his miracles. They can see the miracles of Christ. And they want to see more miracles. That bread sure was good. But they cannot believe. Because belief first requires the work of God in them, since no one can come to Christ unless the Father who sent him draws them. And Jesus challenges them and helps them with this statement and says, you're not believing because you're not being drawn. Second Corinthians 4.4 reminds us that the minds of unbelievers have been blinded. You realize that? The minds of unbelievers have been blinded and they are blinded spiritually. And 2 Timothy 2.26 tells us that unbelievers are captives of the devil. They're captive. They're blind. But we can praise and thank God that by His infinite mercy, those whom He has chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world, we can be thankful and we can be grateful for His infinite mercy that those He has chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world will come to Christ because they will be drawn by the Father. So not only does God draw those He has given God the Son, but Jesus also accepts and keeps them according to verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. And we see it again here in verse 44. This promise that is the continual encouragement of every believer, this ought to continually and constantly encourage you. And I will raise him up on the last day. Think about it. Are you God's child? Have you trusted in Christ? Have you come to Christ and you repented of your sin and believed in Jesus Christ? Then this promise is yours. And I will raise him up on the last day. Think about it. Jesus keeps all those who come to him. Not one person will be lost who have been given to him by the Father. Not one person will remain in his sin who's been given to Christ and he is kept by Christ. Then Jesus points to a passage from Isaiah, Isaiah 54.13, paraphrasing it, indicating that his claims and teaching are supported by the Old Testament. See, Jesus says, look, you're not believing in me because you don't think I have the authority. But listen, the Old Testament, the Old Testament prophets spoke of me. Look at verse 45, he says, It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. You need to understand I have authority to tell you the things I'm telling you. You need to believe and be saved. You need to look and live. 
Jesus is simply retelling them the truth of verse 44 there in verse 45. The, verse, the truth of verse 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So those who come to Christ have been taught by God, verse 45, and have heard and learned from the Father, verse 45. This is the, Think about this. This is the supernatural work, the sovereign work of God, the supernatural and sovereign work of God the Father. God's Word is doing its work. God, God's Word, says Romans 10.17, is proclaimed and heard. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. How do people come to faith in Christ? They hear the Word. One way or another, it's God's Word proclaimed as it's preached, or maybe it's God's Word as it's read and proclaimed to the heart through the, the living Word, the, the, the printed Word of God. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ so that, as verse 45 says here, those who are taught by God, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to Christ. And not only does the Old Testament support Christ's claims, but He also comes by the authority of the Father. He adds this in verse 46, which points to His authority to make these claims. And Jesus tells them, not that anyone has seen the Father except He who is from God. Who's that? It's Jesus, isn't it? He has seen the Father. So who is that who is from God? No less than Jesus Christ Himself. Hebrews 1-2 says that in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. In these last days, He's spoken to us by His Son. And they look at the Son and go, Who are you to say you're God? Who are you to say you give eternal life? We just want you to keep doing the miracles. And we read it, and we look, and we say, How could you be so blind? Because He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom He also created the world. The Creator, the Sustainer of life, Jesus Christ, the living bread. That's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only one who can make the claims of verse 46. So again, He reminds them, look at verse 47, Truly, truly, and again, every time he says that, it's like saying, this is important, pay attention. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. And then, again, verse 48, I am the bread of life. And let's not be confused with the bread that God rained down from the skies your fathers ate in the wilderness by God's grace for 40 years. So he goes on to say, your fathers ate the manna, verse 49, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. 
You may think you want miraculous bread for the rest of your life, but eventually your life will end. Yes, the manna was a miracle, and yes, your fathers ate of it, and they were sustained by the manna for a time. But eventually, they all died. What I offer you, Jesus says, is my life. I am the bread of life. So look at verse 50. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the bread of life. It's me. You need to believe in. Charles Spurgeon wrote, Christ is the bread for the soul, the bread of immortality, the bread which will fit a man for heaven and sustain him till he arrives there. Oh, that we may all eat of this bread of life and so live forever. You see, Jesus didn't say, pick a religion, any religion, did he? He very, very clearly, he, they, he was challenging their beliefs, challenging their thoughts, their opinions, their misunderstandings. He didn't come along and say, it's okay if you don't believe in me, pick something to believe in. Because God's a big God and you can find Him in many ways. He did not say that, did He? He didn't say, find your own path to God. It's okay if you've got a problem with me. He didn't. He says, I am the bread of life. You know what else He didn't say? He didn't say, I know you're good people, but just try to be better people. You see, People who are dead in their sins need to be born again. Need to be brought to new life. And that's what they need. And that's what we need before we repent of our sin and turn to Christ in faith. So Jesus didn't say pick a religion, any religion. He didn't say just be a better person, just try harder. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And I think for followers of Christ today, who want to be a great, grateful, thankful, gratitude-filled people, we ought to remember that Jesus Christ is the one and only who sustains our lives. He's the one who sustains us, not only physically, but, but most importantly, spiritually and eternally so. Jesus Christ said, I am the bread of life. That's the hope we proclaim to a dying world. A world who looks to Jesus and says, good guy, strong teacher, someone to model your life after maybe. Savior? I don't know. Oh, how the world needs to hear that Jesus is the one and only way. That Jesus is the bread of life. So let's hear Jesus once more saying, come. Come and believe. Because those who come to Christ, and I understand this to mean those who turn from sin and say, I'm repenting of my sinfulness. I need a Savior. So those who come from Christ are turning from their sin and repenting of sin and putting their faith in Christ because those who come to Christ and believe in Him 
They are the ones whom God the Father has given God the Son. They are the ones who will look to the bread of life and live. Let's pray. Father in heaven, how precious a gift you've given in God the Son, the bread of life, the bread that comes down from heaven, so that the one who eats of it does not die. The one who partakes of Christ the one who believes in Christ, the one who turns from sin, believing in Christ, looking to the bread of life, lives eternally. God, we praise You and we thank You for the Son, Jesus Christ, the bread, the bread of life. God, help us to look always and to realize that our daily encouragement, our daily needs are met through Jesus Christ and Him alone. Lord, help Your children to keep their hope in Christ, knowing that they are kept in Christ because He keeps those who come to Him. Father, we praise You that You draw unbelievers to Yourself and You open their eyes and You shed light into their darkened hearts. God, I pray this for our unbelieving neighbors and co-workers and family members, those that You have burdened our hearts with as we try to minister to them the Gospels. We try to proclaim it with our lips and our lives. God, I pray, open their hearts to see and hear the truth. Draw them to Yourself. May they be people who come to Christ and believe in Him and look and live. God, this is the privilege that You've given us. Help us to see it as that. That we have the privilege of leaving this place today and going into the week ahead to live for Christ, to speak of Christ, to point people to the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that they desperately need more than anything else, more than another meal, more than another breath, more than a glass of water, more than anything else that they could possibly imagine they need. They need Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Lord, help us to demonstrate the love of Christ in the way that we live, in the way that we speak. We might share the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ with those who desperately need to hear of Him. And God, I pray for Your people this morning as we leave this place that we would go into a new week with fresh opportunities to share Christ, realizing that, that You meet our every need, that You know our every burden, every concern, and that we partake of now, even now we enjoy the, the privilege of knowing that we are kept by Christ. He will raise us up on that day. We have eternal life in Christ. Ours to rejoice in now. And we rejoice. We thank You, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.